Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the lovely Karen Randazzo. In my head where math is done, please don't interrupt. And the vivacious Chris Randazzo. A challenge lifelong it is not to bend fear into anger. We here on this week's episode talk television, so sometimes we get a little spoilery, so here is your fair warning. If you do not want Legends of Tomorrow, excuse me, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, <laughs> That's right. Blind Spot, Star Wars Rebels, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Agent Carter, spoiled, please go check out any of those that you want to. Come on back, we will discuss have a good time with it, and possibly make some of them a little bit more entertaining than they actually were. Um, Chris? Hi. How are you? I'm getting over a, a cold. You sound I'm, a you know, feeling kind of cruddy, but uh, I, I'm actually feeling okay. I sound kind of cruddy, though. Oh, I'm sorry. How are you? I can't complain. Everything's going well. That's good. So with that being said, let's return to- Everything's fine here. We're all fine now. How fine. are you? Are you? <laughs> Everything's fine. Fine. Uh, let's Boring return. conversation anyway. <laughs> Luke, we're going to have company. <laughs> All right. And that leads us into what you're talking about. Segway away. Star Trek. No. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will be talking about the most current episode of Star Wars Rebels. Um, this show continues to impress me in its second season. Uh, it's It's gone a little on and off with... Uh, this is one of those um, moving the overarching plot forward episodes, which uh, are where this show really shines. You know, there's uh, we talked about Castle. That was what last week. Uh, no, we spoke about Castle for the um couple episode. Did we? Speak oh wow, that was a while ago. All right, well. We, we mentioned when we talked about Castle how there's certain episodes that are like, you know, there's the filler Monster of the Week episodes, and then there's the occasional moving the giant plot forward thing. Yes, yes. This show works in a very similar pattern, where there's lots of filler episodes, and they just, you know, they're Star Warsy characters going on Star Warsy adventures, and there's bad guys and good guys and whatnot. But every now and then, you get something that moves forward with the whole Darth Vader overall bigness plot. And this week was definitely one of those episodes. So there were two. There are two Inquisitors now. I don't remember where we left off talking, but the Inquisitors are like... Is that Inquisitai? No. Oh, it's okay. Inquisitors. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're not octopus. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, there are two Inquisitors now, um, and uh, this was after, um, in the season finale, Jason Isaacs was the one Inquis Inquisitor, and they killed that character off. Well... That now there's two of them, and they're uh, one of them's voiced by Sarah Michelle Geller, which is interesting. Uh, hmm. And I don't remember who the who the guy is voiced by, but they're they're rather rather imposing. But they're like mini Sith lords. Like when I explained how the season premiere showed off Vader and showed him just intensely dangerous, right. they're like those. They, the Inquisitors are like fearful of Darth Vader because you know a Sith lord really means something in this universe. Like it carries some serious f and weight. So um. The rebels, including Ahsoka and and you know our uh, was it a Captain Longhaired dude and Aladdin, <laughs> they um they all want to they're all like Captain looking for some sort of <laughs> <laughs> they're all looking for some sort of sort of of guidance and I honestly don't even remember oh because they go out on a mission and like the Inquisitors keep finding them and they are like well uh, we're endangering all of these missions because they can sense us because we're Jedi. 
So they go to an old Jedi temple that they found in one of those one-off episodes to look for guidance. Um, this is an episode where they go to kind of the, the last time these characters were there, Ezra, the Aladdin character, um, he uh, was able to commune with Yoda, voiced by Frank Oz, which is always, always, always a treat to hear Frank Oz be Yoda. And uh, so Ahsoka, long-haired dude, and Aladdin all went to this uh, Jedi temple to try to commune with Yoda. And uh, long-haired dude um, was sitting there meditating, and a door opened in front of him, and he walked in, and these Jedi temple guards started attacking him, saying, your uh, apprentice, Aladdin, is going to become Darth Aladdin if you are if we're allowed to let him live because he's just on a path to the dark side. You're a terrible teacher and we're going to beat the shit out of you now, which is clearly just like, you know, you know, your head testing you kind of thing. And obviously Captain Longhair doesn't really realize it. And there's lots of lightsaber fights and blah, blah, blah. Um, Aladdin, he winds up actually communing with Yoda again, but this time he sees him and the CG character of Yoda is a little odd looking, but he's, it's like they took the puppet Yoda from Empire Strikes Back and put him into this CG world, and it's like kind of off-putting, but just the the voice was is so wonderful, and the dialogue was so great um, that it it's totally made up for the weird-looking CG character of Yoda. But it was so wonderful because when he was uh, he was talking to Ahsoka beforehand, convincing her to go to this temple to try to commune with Yoda. And um, he he had didn't see Yoda before. It was all um, all just voice. And uh, he was asking, uh, you know, what, to describe Yoda, and it's like he's just this small, frail, green, weak, toad, weak-looking toad dude. And it was like it was nice to hear him described like that instead of the, you know, in the Clone Wars, he was just always kind of shown as somebody with a lightsaber on hand, ready to jump around like a frog and kick some ass. And this version, that you know, that's not the Yoda I grew up with. Now, obviously, there was you, know, you don't judge the dude by his size, clearly, but you know seeing him flip around like a ninja was was not really something that was in our heads he was like just this incredibly frail uh, not not f- f- seemingly frail but very kind teacher like character and it was very great to see him in that role again and um the the ahsoka what she wound up sensing was anakin and they had the voice actor from the, the clone wars reprise this role as anakin and they almost did like they they danced around just shy of flat out telling us that Anakin became Vader. Um, it was a really powerful scene. She's, she's sitting there and you just hear Anakin behind her just yelling at her. Like, why did you leave? You, you abandoned us when we needed you most because at the end of clone Wars, she had left the Jedi order and he just starts yelling at her and she's incredibly bothered by it, trying to defend herself and then like the camera kind of pans around to her face and you hear him say, don't, didn't you know, don't you know I needed you? Don't you realize what I've become? And then the camera pans back around and it's Vader standing behind her. So she has made the connection, but the show didn't flat out say that Anakin became Vader. So I'm still really cool with this approach to this because it still doesn't necessarily spoil the, you know, doesn't, doesn't necessarily spoil the moment it certainly alludes to it <laughs> very heavily, but it leaves yeah. <laughs> a certain amount of doubt. Um, so Captain Longhair, uh, ev- eventually the uh, Inquisitors show up and they're starting to like break into the Jedi Temple. And Captain Longhair realizes that, um, you know, this is all just kind of an apparition, but it's kind of, a, it's, it's a little murky as to what it really is because um, the apparition, uh, the Jedi Guard takes his mask off 
and um, the it is revealed to be the Grand Inquisitor from season one, the guy that Jason Isaacs played. And he and he like does the little knighting thing, and he looks at him and says, "You have become what I once was, a Jedi Knight. So now Captain Longhair is officially a Jedi Knight. So hooray!" Yay. But then Jason Isaacs and his like weird clone-looking cronies all uh, gang up to stop the Inquisitors. I don't know how they do that because they they're not real, but you know it's the Force, it's magic, huzzah, <laughs> midi chlorians, uh, whatever. So they all get away and, and everyone lives happily ever after or whatever. But Vader shows up at the temple and lays fucking waste to the place. He's like, and that Jedi temple is toast now because Vader walked in there and he just, he's not having any of it. He just destroys the whole freaking thing. It was awesome <laughs> because Darth Vader's awesome, especially when voiced by James Earl Jones. Now, the one other thing that I really want to say about this episode, besides it's a really fun watch, it's very well put together. And anytime you can hear Frank Oz's Yoda is wonderful. Um, during the, the his conversation with Aladdin, uh, Yoda tells him about um, he, he's just he's talking about how the Jedi were kind of sucked into this war and how Yoda really regrets that with them. Like they were so proud of themselves that they thought that they could you know protect everyone in the galaxy that um, they got involved in the Clone Wars. And while they're doing this. Um, they start showing footage from, you know, episode two of Attack of the Clones, like the live action movie. Really? And it fits right in with the CG cartoon because that's how much CG was used in that movie. Like it's all clones, but it's like it's shots from the movie of the clone army, which was all CG. And now this kid's TV show looks as good as that did. Mm. So it's it, it was really just kind of disgusting but you know hooray i guess like it was kind of neat to see that uh spliced in there like that level of continuity but it's also like just such a shining beacon of wow that cg has not aged incredibly well has it (laughs) (laughs) looks like a cartoon but anyway yeah uh i just watched this episode the other day and it is it was just really delightful because there's been a couple of uh, filler for filler episodes for a little bit now. And I was just starting to get the itch of like, ah, eh, I don't need to watch this episode. And it's just going to be another, you know, a bunch of bullshit till the season finale. But boy, was I wrong and <laughs> pleasantly. So, well, that's fantastic. It, it, I, those shows that we watch consistently and, and we know that there's the filler episodes when mm-hmm. they do a, story episode well it makes watching those filler episodes worth it it really does it, like because i'd never i've never not enjoyed especially the season two filler episodes it's it's not like i've never been like oh this is a bunch of bullshit like yeah, nobody needs to watch this like some of that shit happened in season one there's definitely episodes in season one that are like okay whatever this is just kind of leading to stuff but not actually being truly worth your time um the the filler's been pretty pretty solid in this season, I gotta say. Oh, that's that's great. I'm glad to see that this this cartoon is still living up to the Star Wars moniker. It is fantastic. All right, with that, let's move over to Karen. Um, Hi. Do you want to? Are you going to give the preface why you are 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 discussing this oh, show? Well, <laughs> <laughs> because you seemed really excited about it when you told me. <laughs> I was really excited because it's awesome. So uh, the last couple of episodes, we've seen a guest star in this show in the person of John Hodgman, uh, famous of many things, uh, chiefly The Daily Show, I think is where most people would know him from. Um, 
he was on the first episode that they came back from their hiatus with, and then he appeared in the most recent episode. And last night he was live tweeting that he was going to be on. He was he was on and he was going to be live tweeting. And I noticed this during the course of my day, and I retweeted it from our Twepcast Twitter account. And I said, "Oh, John Hodgman's going to be back on this, uh, back on Blindspot this week. Can't wait to see him." And he liked that tweet. John Hodgman himself <laughs> liked that I tweeted that we were excited to see him. So, so felt it, John I Hodgman, felt it only right. Big fan. John of the Hodgman, show. big fan of the show. Yes, <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> oh, finally, we've made it. <laughs> yes, to the big time. Uh, so, boy, this show has been killing it. <laughs> <laughs> killing it i see what you did there uh-huh because uh. yes, yes, they're always you know killing people. killing people for no discernible reason so when we last saw jane she was tied down in some kind of dank basement by that uh fbi guy carter uh who was waterboarding her trying to figure out trying to get out of her like who she worked for and all that stuff she was then rescued by a guy she'd seen in her like flashbacks to her past with a, of the guy who had a tree tattoo who turns out to be named Oscar, who showed her a video on a phone of herself saying, this is all your plan and everything that you're doing is like, it's all going the way we planned it and you did this to yourself. And that's where we left off. So we come back and now Jane has this deal with this Oscar guy where, you know, he wants her to do stuff to prove that he can trust her and then he'll tell her what she wants to know about uh, how she got to where she is. And this is uh, this is not something, this is not an arrangement I'm happy about because she's t- totally taking the guy at his word. Like, despite the fact that he saved her life and murdered the... <laughs> Agent Carter, a different Agent Carter. Than the one oh, we're now this is going to get later. confusing. Um, he still, we don't know why he did that. We don't know anything about him. Um, she's just like, yeah, I want to know what's going on, so I'll go along with you. Um, they brought back up uh, Agent Patterson, the girl from Growing Pains, how her boyfriend got killed and she was being investigated for it now, and that's where John Hodgman's character came in as a. Uh, investigator trying to determine whether she was responsible for this and if she broke the law um and he determined that she was responsible but then she like kicked ass right in front of him at her job and mayfair like overruled her suspension (laughs) he was like uh there's nobody else who could do what she can do so fuck you we're keeping her um, and this is where we learned that Hodgman's after uh, Mayfair's job. And so maybe he had some ulterior motives for going after some of Mayfair's people. Uh, so in this most recent episode, basically, it's a mole hunt. There's, Ooh, you know, there's they, a, that's they always up good. Some... There's mallets. They keep <laughs> popping out of little holes. <laughs> and then they shot all of them. <laughs> Chris actually was hoping that it would be like little cartoon moles from Super Mario. Yeah, little Monty moles. That would have been so great. <laughs> um, yeah, there somebody there was somebody who was gonna you know give up a key piece of evidence and in her uh, whatever she was gonna make a deal to get herself out of jail and uh, she was gonna give up somebody and so she got killed 
by her lawyer, who was actually a Russian spy, <laughs> who then they, you know, she got shot at right after she killed the girl. So they didn't know who the nobody knows who the mole is. Um, well, let's let's not gloss over the fact that she killed the girl in the bathroom by swirling her to death. She really did. And then this this Renikop walks in the room and sees. I mean, like, I, there's, like, a woman facing the toilet who could just very well have been throwing up, and then the girl just screams like she's going to run at him or something, and he kills her. <laughs> like, two in the chest. Two in the chest. Now, like, last time we watched an episode, there was, like, a dude on a roof, and... Uh, he had Jane, like, at gunpoint. Yeah, he had Jane at, like, gunpoint. He was going to kill Jane. Like, they were, they were beating the shit out of one another, and, like, the, the charisma vacuum himself, he just... Blows a hole through the guy's chest. He doesn't, you know, wait to see, uh, you know, shoot him in the knees, shoot him in the arm, shoot him in the foot. No, death shot. It's always going for the kill shot with this show. Actually, like, what we don't know is that, you know, Agent Kurt Weller is a very bad shot, and he is actually <laughs> aiming for knees, feet, and legs. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, he blows a hole in this guy's chest. Like, they clearly wanted to question the guy, but nah, he's fucking dead now. So, this Renikop walks in, blam, two in the chest. Couldn't have shot the woman in the knees or the arm or not. No, just two in the chest, dead on on contact. But then the lawyer, the the not, she was the lawyer that was all crazy. The woman that she tried to drown, she had been unconscious in the toilet for less than thirty seconds. Okay, she got her head smashed, and then she was drowned in the toilet. There's no way that woman was dead yet. If the guy just even leisurely strolled across the bathroom and pulled her out of the toilet and did CPR, she would have been fine. But no, the next thing you hear is like, I'm expecting to hear that she's you know in the hospital in a coma or something like that. Like, no, she's fucking dead. Because... Because I guess they just left her there. Because the, the toilet. show needs her to be dead, and they don't really care if it like is if you're gonna buy her or not. <laughs> it's even remotely plausible. It's like whatever. She's dead. A wizard did it. Don't worry about it. It was wizardry. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that, and 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 it comes up again in the climax of this that nobody like if if there's gunplay somebody's dead there's no there are no injuries and there is always gunplay they could be after like an underground kitten fighting ring and there would there would be a knockdown drag out gunfight involved like there's always a gunfight i love it so much <laughs> so um the part without the gunfight is the uh, inter- they, they, Hodgman basically brings all the people in, takes, uh, you know, interrogates everybody, gets everybody's secrets out. And the, the, the writing on the show, God bless it, is so ham-fisted <laughs> that before Hodgman shows up, Mayfair finds out that there's a mole. And she calls in Kurt and she's like, I need you to find the mole without telling anybody else that you're looking for a mole. <laughs> Right? He just no, stood, he, no, he doesn't bust out a gun, oh. but at this point I'm going, at this point I'm going, how does she know he's not the mole? Like, she's on the phone, and somebody's telling her there's a mole, and you only hear her half of the conversation. It's like, what? When did this happen? Well, how the hell did we, you know? And then, well, it's clearly not Kurt Weller. He doesn't have a personality, so let's get him in here. As she's on the phone, she sees him walking by her office and, like, waves for him to come in. <laughs> like, there's no possible moment at all for her to like do anything to determine though he's not the mole she just 
decides. That or to even be remotely inconspicuous about pulling him into her office to talk about something secret. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, 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 come here, come here, come here. So then they have this conversation about how he's going to find out the mole and, like, he doesn't want to do it. And, you know, my team and I would never betray them and they wouldn't lie to me. And uh, she's like, you have to keep it quiet because when you are looking for a mole, all sorts of secrets come out. And, like, she literally said that out loud. And then, like, (laughs) all sorts of secrets came out. (laughs) That's called foreshadowing. (laughs) Well. (laughs) It is. There there are better ways to do it. (laughs) But With all the subtlety of a gunfight. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, Blindspot, like, took, like, writing 101, and then we're like, cool, we got it, I'm out. Like, practice? No, we don't need to work on anything. I I wrote down all these things. I got the Cliff's notes. (laughs) See? Um, Words. I got this. (laughs) So Hodgman interrogates everybody. I don't even know what his character's name is, because he's just Hodgman. And let me tell you, fucking brilliantly cast. He's a, you know, he's a villain on the show, and he is so slimy and hateable. His name is (laughs) Chief Inspector Fisher. Oh, and then there I don't was care. his his mustache. There was like, it wasn't perfectly groomed. So his mustache, like on the right side, no, it would have been the left side. On the left side, it just had this one chunk that was like not shaved correctly. Like it ended <laughs> it like all perfectly on the the right side, but on the left side, it's like he just missed this one chunk of his mustache. It was so bizarre. It was distracting me the entire episode. Okay. <laughs> Did not pick up on that at all. So he eventually decides after this interrogation that uh, Mayfair, Zapata, and Jane are the possible moles. And he's got the whole office on lockdown this whole time. Um, nobody's allowed to leave and nobody's allowed to come in except people came in. Wait a like, second. Wait a second. He thinks who is the mole? Either the boss, Mayfair, The Zapata. one that they call to tell that there's a mole? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. Which, and when they when they blow up this plot, that's not even mentioned. Let me get back to that. Okay. <laughs> so uh this whole time, um Kurt is trying to he's got some source. They I don't know how the they didn't fucking explain anything, but they have some source who can actually identify who is controlling the mole or who the mole is. Okay. Um so they're they're working on trying to get him in, but the building's on lockdown. Blah blah blah. This is bullshit. They finally get him in, and uh, it was that woman that just magically showed up in the beginning of the episode that I looked at you and said, "Who the fuck is that?" Yeah, it was somebody that that she they had worked with before from another agency, and uh, she just kind of showed up. And the the episode did a good job of leading you to believe like it's her. She's the mole. Like. Nobody on the show is going to realize it, but you as the audience should realize that it's her. So they were directing you that way. Uh, Hodgman's going after Jane, like, hardcore. Um, finally, like, breaks a hole in her alibi because she, like, slipped her detail. And there was, like, some surveillance photos and, and witnesses that saw her. So she doesn't have an alibi um, for the night that where she was being held captive by carter and he got killed she doesn't have an alibi for that night which is actually true because she was there but they can't prove it they just know she nobody knows where she was uh so hodgman is like she's the mole i believe it because of this alibi thing 
And <laughs> Kurt is like, no, I have a guy. He'll tell you who the mole really is. And he goes in and, you know, gets the guy to look at pictures because the guy's like, I don't know anybody's name, but I saw I saw faces. And he identifies Jane's photo and he's like, she's the mole. I, I'd know her anywhere. Um, so Jane gets arrested and taken away and Kurt's like, I will, you know, like Daniel Day-Lewis and fucking Last of the Mohicans, like, I'll find you. (laughs) 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 So she gets taken away into custody and Kurt, like, his caveman brain starts working. You can actually see it on his face. He's standing around with the team in the bullpen and everyone else is like, no, dude, like, he proved it. When he didn't prove it. He didn't prove jack shit. <laughs> Everyone else is kind of like relieved it's not them, relieved their secret didn't come out, whatever. That like nobody else wants to think about it. But Kurt's secretly in love with Jane, so he's got to figure it out. Oh, secretly? It's still secret? <laughs> yeah, oh, they, well, they, they kissed and then they were supposed to talk about it. And then she didn't meet him when she was supposed to meet him to talk about it. And they just decided to cool it. Because she was doing care. mole stuff, right? She was yeah, busy she doing... was off talking to, to Dude Meister. She was in a hole in the ground, <laughs> being a mole. <laughs> Digging dirt, doing what moles do. Eating fish. Is that what moles do? Do they eat fish? Uh, no, grubs. I think they're more of a grub crowd. All right, fair enough. I had nothing. I don't know where you guys get this stuff from. <laughs> Completely made up. Thought about things in the dirt. <laughs> anyway, so Kurt's caveman brain starts working, and he decides to... to I figure out that it's the girl he thinks it's the girl that the from the other agency that showed up she's the mole and the source will tell me if if you're not in the room um and so he goes to interrogate the source and it turns out like there's um some embroidery in his collar that matches embroidery that was on hodgman's suit and he connects the dots and finds out it wasn't the girl the show made us think it was the girl but it's actually Hodgman that was the fucking mole oh, oh my no. god dun, dun. it was a pretty good twist like i didn't see it coming yeah, what a cool. twist um and they you know they he worked it out with the team in the bullpen to like confirm it he was like oh he said he was he was coming from here but and it was supposed to be in this place at this time, but he showed up here at this time, and there's no way he could have gotten on a train, and he said he was on a train, and there was all this evidence. Like, they dropped in all these clues that seemed like they were just, like, meaningless little dialogue that actually, like, connected dots to, like, prove more solidly than anything else in the episode that we saw. It was more solid theory than any other theory we saw about he is actually the mole. Which is good because they've like run down to where Jane is being like booked into some kind of holding cell and chase her down a hallway of all these, <laughs> the dumbest hallway in the world because for no apparent reason, every so often, every like 20 feet down the hall, there's a sliding door with a ID card scanner. <laughs> for no reason. Well, like- you can't pick up speed. It's sort of like speed bumps on a highway. <laughs> It was the most absurd thing I ever saw. So somehow, like, it was, it was, Jane had, like, two agents on her and Hodgman, and once, like, Weller and the team start, like, coming down the hall to be like, we're gonna get you, it was Hodgman, he's the mole, blah, blah, blah. Like, he runs away and starts trying to get away, and he tells the agents, oh, I'm gonna, you know, call somebody to deal with this, and you guys hold him off. Uh, so he starts running away, Jane figures out what's going on, like, kicks these two agents asses and 
starts going after and gets one of their guns and their ID badge and starts going after him and it's this like ridiculous slow motion chase where like he gets through a door and then she gets through the other door right after you know and <laughs> going down the hall in segments swipe and then hurts behind her with another badge <laughs> coming <laughs> so fucking absurd and she finally gets into the same segment of hallway with him and like confronts him and he turns around and one hand, like, straightens his glasses in that very Hodgman way he has and says something like, now let's talk about this for a second. And the other hand, like, one hand is on his glasses and the other hand kind of goes for his hip and bam, dead. She shoots him <laughs> two in the chest. <laughs> because we all know when a gun comes out on the show, somebody's so- going to be dead. <laughs> Someone's getting two in the chest. <laughs> and it wasn't like, I mean, I'm sure there's security cameras and it it, it was a ambiguous enough move in a, you know, conspicuous enough area that he could have been going for a gun, but he could have totally not been. <laughs> he could have been reaching into his pocket for a handkerchief and taking his glasses off with his other hand to like clean them while he talked to her. Because that is just the kind of thing the character would have done while being held at gunpoint by somebody who had just, he had just totally fucked over. Oh, yeah. But no, he's dead now. Um, so that's a bummer because I like Tajman. <laughs> <laughs> he was very enjoyable to watch. And now there's all this like fallout from this mole thing. Um, you know, Jane doesn't, now that she's been put in this danger, she realizes that she can't trust the guy that, you know, Oscar tree tattoo guy that claims that he's going to be telling her the truth like she wises up to the fact that she, you know <laughs> she was in all this danger today and she knows nothing and for all she knows he was involved in it um so she breaks that off which is nice uh zapata realizes that she is under still under surveillance um even though carter has gone missing and is dead um Oh, and in a nice little ridiculous side plot, Reed has been dating Weller's sister, (laughs) 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 which is not a good idea. (laughs) That's never going to end well. And like the previous episode, we saw them together and she was like, you really have to tell him. And he's like, I will, I will. And then he doesn't. Oh, no, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) He'll shoot me twice in the chest. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's this whole like you know, investigation that happens, and he's like, well, fuck, it's gonna come out. So he, like, catches Kurt in the hall really fast, and he doesn't even have time for any preamble. He's just like, I'm dating Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that doesn't go well, because by the end of the episode, Kurt's like, break it off. Like, not even, you know, he said, first he asked him, like, is it serious? And he's like, yeah, it's serious. Of course it's serious. I wouldn't tell you if it wasn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing if it wasn't serious. And his reaction is, Break up with her. And he has this, like, complete uh, breakdown at home with his sister afterwards where she's like, I can't believe you did that. And he's like, like, I can't even describe it. Would and you rather just, I shot him in the chest? <laughs> <laughs> he just, I, I after, as he was yelling, as he was delivering the lines, I looked at Karen and said, I think this man is actually a garbage disposal. <laughs> because that's what he sounds like. He just... It's just like this growling, just roaring, like 
feelings. <laughs> it's like he wants you to believe so much that he's not a robot <laughs> when he clearly is. But like he is, he is the charisma vacuum nine thousand developed by Hoover. But he wants you to really believe that he's not, and so he's just like the way he emotes is to yell, and like the more emotional he wants to be, the louder he gets, and the more he. Sounds like a garbage disposal. Yeah, he's actually substituting volume for feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, whatever gets him through his craft. But despite that, despite the, you know, the kind of BS with, you know, none of this making any sense and the <laughs> them not really taking too much tender care with the story, it's still so much fun to watch. And they are, um, I figured this out. Well, I didn't figure this out. I read it. I'm not going to take credit for figuring out some shit I didn't figure out. Sorry. <laughs> nice recovery, um, by the way. <laughs> I Something that's bothered me about this show is the episode titles. They're just random phrases. They're kind of weird. They're not connected to anything in the episode. They don't really make any sense. I read that they are anagrams. Uh-huh. That every uh, episode title can be unscrambled to... Uh, spell another phrase and that phrase has something to do with the episode just like Taylor's tattoos um, there was like episode 2 unscrambled to Taylor Shaw and then episode 3's title unscrambled to The Missing Girl and then episode 4 was called Bone May Rot and I was like what the fuck <laughs> does Bone May Rot have to do with anything and, and the, it's unscrambles to or maybe not. Uh, and that's the one where we learn that she had like some like African tooth in her mouth that maybe she's not Taylor Shaw. And so I have since not, you know, stopped myself from figuring out any more of these anagrams. But, you know, they're out there on the Internet. If you look for them, you can find them. Um, some people are mad about them because if you figure it out, then it might be a spoiler. So but. I'm just putting it out there for listeners, if that's your thing. If you like figuring out puzzles, you know, check that out. Interesting. Try and figures out, figure out what those titles are unscrambling to. Now I'm staring at the title trying to figure it out, and I am not good at anagrams, so... I did get one other one. Well, I didn't... I didn't again, I didn't get it myself, but uh, there was an... It was maybe episode 11 or 12, uh, Cease Forcing Enemy unscrambles to in case of emergency uh, very cool that, anyway. i love it I, they used to do what um there was what was that show with um the care bears no the multiple universes <laughs> super mario brothers super show be, help me here let's be real for a second the flash no nope. cheers <laughs> all right forget at it. least the flash had multiple <laughs> universes all right i'm trying it was holy shit! It, uh, a female agent and the doctor and his son who had died, but the son came back and it was one of the kids from the creek. Fringe. That one. Okay. All yeah, of- I didn't watch Fringe, but okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, all of their in between commercial breaks, like they flashed this image on the screen, and each one of the images corresponded to a letter that somebody came up with the alphabet for, and. When you put all of the season's letters together, it's spelt like the answer to the mystery for the season. Oh, neat. It was it was neat, but I don't understand who comes up with that answer. Like, that's a I lot know, of man. work that someone took the time to figure out. It's like Unlost when they did all those Dharma initiative things like that 
like revealed little things about the show, mm-hmm. but you really had to figure them out. Yeah. I think they're cool, but I'm not about to sit there. I'd rather have somebody else figure it out and then like and then read about put it, it on later. the internet and be like, <laughs> yep. "Oh, that's neat." Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Um, I I was uh, chatting with one of our listeners via the interwebs, and I didn't get permission to say his full name, so we're just gonna go with Jonathan M. Uh, he brought to my attention if uh, uh, about what's going on with Legends of Tomorrow. Now I haven't gonna be really honest, haven't watched the the season full through. Uh I jumped on the like the last the most recent three episodes today, as a matter of fact, because he said I needed to watch the most recent one because of something that happens. And I said, Alright, I'll give it a shot and I and I watched it and it's the show pretty much has stayed the same. They're traveling through time, trying to hunt down Vandal Savage, uh, with every new era that they go to, something else, you know, there's another um situation that they have to deal with other than the Vandal Savage stuff. Uh in this episode called Night of the Hawk, they travel back to nineteen fifty because they they figure out that they have to continually, continuously go back in time every time they don't catch Vandal so that he doesn't know that they're coming. So they're continuously trying to get the element of surprise on their side. So eventually, wait, you know they're going to lose them again and again. So eventually they're going to go to like 3 BC to try to hunt down this dude. Um, In... Night, there's something going on in this small little quaint town. There's mass a, a, a serial killer coming through and ravaging bodies, and and people are are mysteriously vanishing and whatnot. So their computer thing tells them to go back. This this is where he most likely is. They head back to 1950s. Now I'm not 100 percent sure if you remember the cast, but we have a young black man, a middle well early late 20s maybe early 30s black woman a lesbian um and then a couple of white people now the whiteies are going to be fine it's all those others in the 1950s that we're going to have problems with and boy did they throw that in our faces the entire episode racism Agent carter did it yeah race (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's that is the the understory that's going through the whole thing um you know sarah's deal you know sarah is a lesbian and she is faking being a nurse for this episode and apparently she found the other lesbian in the town so they're hitting it off um hawk girl they have a secret love yeah hawk girl kendra and um rapes no oh sorry ray palmer um hawkman's dead i didn't i missed that yeah, it was real eventful. Um, so <laughs> in this in this episode, Kendra and, and Ray are posing as husband and wife because they need to move into a house that apparently Vandal Savage lives next to. And they have so much chemistry together. They do. <laughs> <clears throat> and you know, of course, they're they're an interracial couple. So that's that's the, the part of their story that they deal with. Um and I <laughs> Doctor Dr. Stein. A racial couple. It's a guy who can shrink and a girl with wings. Yeah. It's, yeah that's, it's, those are two different races. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Doctor Stein <laughs> is still my favorite character in all in every episode that I see. He's for some, so friggin' great. <laughs> he is amazing. I know. I know that you're not talking about this episode, but this base pirate episode. He was amazing. He was so, oh, it was wonderful. He was, he, in that. he was perfect, and I didn't <laughs> understand in that episode why didn't they just do their little star thing where they merge together and then can kick everybody's ass on the ship. I don't know. Because if you think about it. <laughs> no, what? seriously, that's where they stop in the writer's room. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody says, well, if you think about it, and then they throw them out a window. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's the, it's standard fare, okay? Hunting, fine, chasing, fighting, letting go, end of episode. But what we find out at toward, like halfway through this episode is that Vandal Savage is mutating humans. At the very beginning of the episode, they come across this meteor. Of course. Follow me like, on this one. Of course. Follow me. you got to stay along for the ride. In the, you remember a long, long time ago when, when Kendra and when Hawkman and Hawkwoman and, and Vandal all became what they actually are because of that meteor shower yes. of nth metal? Well, apparently another nth metal meteor fell to Earth in 1950, and this one has mutagenetic powers. So Vandal is posing as a doctor in an insane asylum and is injecting people with this goo that is coming out of the meteor. And they mutate to uh, a bird-like creature. Okay? Like, their teeth and their... It's horrible looking. But... What, what, what Jonathan brought to my attention, and as I looked at it and listened to the episode, the, the point of Savage doing this was to create an army, an army of winged creatures. Parademons? I'm telling you, it is the introduction of parademons. Holy shit, really? They didn't say it, but you look at it, it is a parademon. See, now, that would get me interested in the overall arc of this show, is if they start dealing with shit like Dark Side and Boom Tubes, because... <laughs> that would be I'm, great. Not wow. going to happen. Okay. Okay? It's it's one of those Easter eggs for comic book nerds to see and go, oh my god, that looks like... And we know through Rumored, through Batman v Superman, that there is a vision of dark side and parademons and all of that other shit i'm when he said like jonathan brought it to my attention i'm like really in this show i don't know let me and i i see what he's saying i agree with it it is it it it, to me that is the only thing it possibly could be because the way they make the character look they could have gone in so many other directions that the, the the facial structure and wiry hair and big black wings and it was like I was like, okay, maybe they're doing something right. I I, I can't be sure because I've seen other episodes of this show. <laughs> um, apparently there is a rift between the fire dude and the ice guy. Yeah, did they like what did they say? <sighs> okay, they haven't. They're making you believe that. Um, What's his name? Uh, Snart killed Jackson. No, 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 no. Not Jackson Mick. is Mick, Mick. Yeah, that was we saw. We only saw up to the one before the one you were talking about, and like that was the last shot. Was him just like ice was gun. him was him shooting a gun at the camera? 
Right. Okay. Then the next episode, he's not, Mick's not around and everybody is, you know, claiming that he's a murderer and how can we trust him now? Then by the end of the episode, they trust him because he does some things and whatnot. We haven't seen a body. He hasn't said, yes, I killed him. So. And we've seen TV before. And yes, and we have, and we know comic books as well because that's what this is. It's comic books on TV. He's not dead. I, I don't know. He just left them there, maybe froze them to the ground so they can get away for a minute or two. I don't know. But it's, I don't feel like it's, the, the way they're making me feel about it, it's not like, it's like a moot point. Like, who gives a shit? Well, I give a shit because, like, those two, my favorite part of the show. Uh, Ditto. I like Wentworth. I like Snark. He's great. But I, I think like he works really well with 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 um, Heatwave as a foil, as a foil. Okay, agreed. I, I as long as I get, I my, think he's still my, enjoyable without him. I'm just yeah, saying, he, like, he's better not, with him. He is now like in this episode. He is playing off of. I think he was with Rip the entire time, and they were playing like agents. It was a very you know supernatural type of setup where they go into a. I'm talking about the television show Supernatural, where they go in right. posing as FBI so agents. Did they have like last names of rock stars? No, they didn't. But <laughs> Rip did put on an American accent, oh, that's which was nice. off-putting. It was weird. Um, <laughs> but I, I, for me to, I have, like I said, I haven't watched it. I haven't spent a lot of time with the show. But to pop in and see this, I, I was pleasantly surprised. It is exactly what it started off as. Very little have has. Growth wise, there's a romantic thing between Adam and Hawkgirl, which is incredibly believable. Yes, it is. I mean, I I could feel the heat between the two of them. I can feel it from here. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to say I don't like the show, but I'm not going to say I love the show or I I even like it. It's eh. Either way. I have really no opinion. I did like seeing Parademon stuff. It was kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> the way I put it on Twitter last week was, if you're wondering where Legends of Tomorrow falls on our viewing list, it's at the end, once we've caught up on everything else. <laughs> and this is true. Yeah. Um, hey, it got renewed for another season, and I, I guess that's where, like, once you mentioned the Parademons, I was just like, all right. Because, like, when you think about the premise of this show, and you think about the characters that are on this show... There's potential here to, for mm-hmm. it to be something kind of cool. Yeah. Um, especially with like, you know, diving in all weirdo DC minutia and whatnot. The, the biggest problem is, is that, you know, the writing is just, you know, bad. Just, it's just straight it's, up it's bad. The pro- like, it's not engaging. I've seen worse. No, it's not. Like, oh, no, yeah, there I'm is kidding. no charisma vacuum on the show. <laughs> No, there's okay. not. It's but it's not like it's like just people sit. It's as if they're all just sitting there talking, like in chairs, not really doing anything, just conversing with each other. No big deal. Yeah, like the writers don't really know how to write a team very well, and that's kind of the that's kind of the problem with this team is that they're only kind of a team. It just it doesn't quite work the way that it should, and that everyone wants it to. But um, the other big problem is that Vandal Savage is just kind of lame, like. Yeah. Vandal Savage in the comics is not lame. That is a good villain. They, this incarnation of him is boring. It is bland. It is just there's nothing imposing he's like a about creepy him. He's stalker. Like, yeah, he's like that's what his just, that's his power. He his stalkerism. It's not. It's not intimidating. 
No, it's not intimidating. It's not engaging. I, I'm not, I don't feel threatened by him. When I think about it, like, oh, okay, Vandal Savage took over the world. How? Fucking how? Like, please tell me like, how. That's the part we want to see. Yeah. Not like all this chase through, chase him through time, all the times he failed. Like, like, why is that interesting? I don't want to take your word for it that Vandal Savage ruined the world, because that's all I'm doing right now is we're taking your word for it that this greasy-haired idiot, <laughs> he's never come across as particularly smart or anything like that. Like, this guy took over the world, like, succeeded in taking over the world. The same world that has the Flash and you know, the friggin' the Atom, all these characters, and in- including all these other characters that are introduced <laughs> in the other the the other DC CW shows like seriously I don't buy that I don't buy that any more than I buy friggin uh, X Superman and uh, Hawkgirl like I just don't buy it but there's potential here for things to get better I mm-hmm. mean look at season one of Arrow and look now at season one of not that it's the same network but same season one of Shield exactly like there's potential for this kind of stuff to go somewhere mm-hmm. I feel and like- since this has been renewed I. I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my eyes on it, just like Supergirl. Like, I'm definitely keeping my eyes on that show because I also I've heard it got better, and also that Flash crossover is gonna happen, so I'm gonna need to watch that. But mm-hmm. you know, it's and Kevin it, it, and and Kevin Smith is directing an episode of the Flash, which uh, ma- which makes me happy because I know I'm he's sure a fan. Sure, that'll be <laughs> talked about on this show. I'm sure it will be. I feel like this team needs to go through some of that painful team building bullshit we had to deal with in the Agents of Shield season one. Um, I mean, it wasn't. I wish they didn't have to. But well, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. But they have to get where that team is now. Um, I don't think that then being renewed is necessarily a sign that it's going to get better because every fucking thing on the CW got renewed, by the Well, every every Berlanti show got renewed. Well, yeah, I mean... Flash, Arrow, this, Supergirl, there was something else. Uh, They're they're doing the... the Supernatural, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, like The 100, everything on CW got renewed. Everything. They're also doing a... um, Oh man, it's the the cleanup crew. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing that, and there's another thing that they're involved. Oh, Archie! They're bringing the world of oh, Archie yes. Yes, I to reality. So, I just have one question, which is: um, if you took Sullivan Stapleton from Blind Spot and put him in a room with Wentworth Miller, what would happen? <laughs> Like charisma vacuum versus like charisma volcano, <laughs> they would like cancel each other out, or would there be an implosion? It would be, it would be like... vo- volumeless. There'd be no noise whatsoever. <laughs> it would be like a singularity. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think it would be the end of space and time. Keep those guys apart. All right. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk some Marvel side of the the the, the television universe. So uh, stick around. On the latest episode of Ring the Bell, the guys take a look at some of the most recent events in the world of wrestling. They break down the main events for the WWE Roadblock special, analyze the breakups of a fan-favorite tag team pair, and recount a statement from Bray Wyatt. Also, Colt Cabana is in a bit of hot water, and Hulk Hogan takes on Gawker.com in a $100 million lawsuit. Will the Hulkster put the atomic drop on Gawker? Don't miss the hard-hitting action in their latest episode, Ring the Bell, main event, Hogan vs. Gawker. Though it feels like it just came back, 
this season of the Venture Brothers is nearly complete. Trish Reyes is back again with her thoughts on the penultimate episode. What is 21 up to? Whose side is he on? What's going on with the Council of the Still Not Quite 13? Who is the Blue Morpho? And did they really just kill Dr. Venture? Spoiler alert, you don't actually know. It's a cliffhanger. Find the answers to these questions and more in the Spoiler Brothers number 7, A Party for Tarzan. The Great Tiffany returns once again to Submitted for Your Approval to talk about episode 11 of season 1 of The Twilight Zone and to objectify some male astronauts. And if there's one thing this world needs more of, it's objectification of male astronauts. Am I right, ladies? Tune in to hear Brandon and Tiffany on Submitted for Your Approval, episode 11, And When the Sky Was Opened. Dan is gone, but we must go on. Where does he go? Does no one know? Is he dead, or is it all in our heads? Dean puts on his hosting vest and tries to do his very best. No more rhymes now, I mean it. Say, does anyone want a peanut? Find out what the crew has been reading and what books are worth your time in Paper Cuts, issue 75. Dominatrix outfits and a corgi. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our commercials. Um, we talked some comics before the break. Let's talk some more. Uh, Marvel side of the, the, the universe now. Um, Wait, am I on paper cuts? Yeah, I know, right? You thought that for a second. <laughs> I'm Matt Much. <laughs> I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Dan Ryan. Um, so we, let's, let's start with the finale of this, uh, season, Agent Carter. It was great. I wanted more of a bang, though. It was. It did wrap up pretty. Like I, it could have gone for another episode. Like I think it could have gone a, a couple more. Well, de- they definitely could have stretched it out the entire season much longer. But like it was a. It was ten episodes, and uh, which is weird. That is, is short. Like, short. Yeah, standard show order is thirteen or like twenty-two. 22, and 23, somewhere 13, I think, would have been good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Note to ABC, since you're listening to us all the time. <laughs> ABC, big fans of the show. 10 out of 10. Um, they did, at, towards the end of the, the season, if you will, they started wrapping up storylines very, very quickly. Yeah, everything was a little rushed, especially in the finale. It was like, problem, solution, execution. Like, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, I kind of wonder if there was like a... Like some behind the scenes, like, oh, we might get like a full season order, so maybe we'll stretch a little bit. Oh, wait, nobody's watching this show? Shit, maybe we're going to get canceled. We got to wrap up fast. Oh, we're going to get to finish our season? All right, let's just do that. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. I, I'm i willing to agree with that. You sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, all in all, she saves the day in it more ways than one. Um. At the end of, of the season, we are fighting the dark, what was it? What was it? Dark's matter? Zero matter. Zero matter. That's what it was. Uh, a rift in time and space. Uh, and a shit ton of bad guys. And all it took was a, a cranked up machine that, that Stark conveniently made very quickly. Like, it's it, everything bow tied too fast 
It was like, it's like when the way, like, little kids tell a story. It's like, and then- hey, guys, I got a great idea. Let's make a magic machine. It'll fix everything. Hey, look, uh- it's done. <laughs> well, of course, it's not at that quick because something has to go wrong with a remote. That's right. The remote doesn't work anymore, and they have to manually shut it down. We all know, of course, that means you have to go up to the machine, which they conveniently said, if you go past this line... And you get ma- sucked into the rift. And- su- as soon as he drew it in the sand, you went, up. Oh, so- some motherfuckers ended up over that line. With the crank on a crank, a, a pulley and, and crank system on the side, that's what shut down the rift in time and space. Yep. <laughs> okay. Analog, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a gamma cannon that could have been a gamma bomb. Which I thought was kind of neat because that leads to the Hulk. I mean, yeah, I feel like we haven't seen the last of those machines. Like they're going to turn up and shield in a warehouse or something, just as like a like a little hey, hey, look at that. That'd be but, awesome. I'd love to yeah, see that. I think it'd be cute. Um, I don't. Uh, towards the end of the season, I'm not sure how I felt about the Doctor. Um, the black guy. What's his name? Wilkes. Wilkes. Because of the flip floppiness throughout the season, I, 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 and like at at the end, I just had a lack of caring for him. Because when I was first introduced, I liked him. I thought he was a great character. Then they took him down this path, and I was like, I don't know, if he was the right guy to do that with. Yeah, I can see that. Like it was, you know, he got a little, you know, controlled by the zero matter. The like, P.S. Throughout the whole series. The laws of zero matter didn't really make sense to me if you looked at them too closely. It's like, well, why does it do that? I don't know. Look over there. Science. <laughs> Look at Peggy's outfit. <laughs> uh, we did get a musical number. In that was fun. The, in one of the episodes, and I will say that that, that was enjoyable. I mean, completely unnecessary. Absolutely. No need for it whatsoever, but fun. I, I want to see Jarvis like enter every scene like that. Just like, you know, top hat and tails with a bunch of girls with fans all around him. When Ken Marino as the mobster had him at gunpoint and they were, he was walking him in to their lunch, the length of that man's body was it's... astronomical. <laughs> yeah. For the love of God, man, let him put the condiment down. And... Ken Marino was such a treat. Yeah. Such a treat. <laughs> Him and his interactions with his mother or his grandmother or his aunt. I don't know who she was. Nona. I think it was his grandmother, <laughs> Nona's. That was phenomenal. But uh, I don't know. I, I just, I was disappointed with how it ended. I was much happier with the the way the, the first season ended. Because I felt like it ran its course. They knew what they were doing. They got to this point. Boom, we're good. I feel like they didn't know what they were doing. Or maybe they said, hey, you have three more episodes to finish this out. And no, you don't. Finish it out now. Yeah, I don't know. It it feels like a show that would have benefited from a little more care. Like a little more care and attention from the network. And has this been... Renewed? Has it been let go? It has not. We it's in limbo. Oh, um, I, just wanna, I wrote a whole thing that's going to be on the site next week about why they need to bring it back because Car- Agent Carter is one of the most awesome characters ever. Yeah, um, 
And now we have the whole romance, will they, won't they thing out of the way. We know they will. Yes. Oh, my God. How and happy was I when that happened? So I, I, happy. What, and it was, like, executed perfectly. Yes. Yes. Um. Like... Like it, the, the 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 relationship between Carter and Jarvis, and the the relationship between Carter and Sosa. I mean, like they're all done really well. Absolutely. But, but it's like the situations that they put them in seem not right for them at times. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and we we lost Jack. Well, come on now. It's a comic book. I, was, I, I read an interview with one of the showrunners, and they said, we know what you know. Jack has been shot. Okay. Do you think they'll get rid of Chad Michael Murray, the three-named bandit? <laughs> I did read that he got a part on another show. Oh, no. Maybe that's why they did it. So... You know, I think they probably didn't know what they were going to do because they don't know what's going to happen to the show. Um, well, if the show does come back, I want it to stay in L.A. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that was a good good choice for the show. Wrapping up New York is okay. I mean, we saw the possibility of a new baddie, you know, the, the shooter of Jack. Okay, we can go down there. The, the whole black zero matter shit. We could... Do away with that. I'd rather. Yeah, I think that's done. I'd rather have a more like villainous person, like a real person, be the bad guy, not this mysterious shit that they have to try to explain and yeah, it partially. Yeah, a little too supernatural, fucking alien crap. So, I mean, it has room to grow, and I really think if it, given the chance, it can do well. Like it can hit all of those mar- markers that we're looking for. I mean... I want more. The cast is phenomenal. I just want to look at Peggy's out- outfits some more. I want more <laughs> outfits. That's what I want. Outfits and hats. Hats. More hats. And lipstick and shoes. The girls got it all. <laughs> well, let's let's flop over to the current side of Marvel, the more modern Marvel. Mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I watched i think i may have missed an episode because the last i recall um what's uh what's her name got shot in the neck um she bled out oh, fuck i can't got shot in the, neck? the 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 big bad not oh. bad oh, woman yeah, Coulson's, yeah. Coulson's Ros- lady uh, friend price yeah that was that was the last thing i recalled seeing and then when i popped back in and I, I watched two of them recently, and all of a sudden, like, something happened on the planet. I'm not 100% sure what's going on. I know what's-his-name is taken over by an alien of sorts. I figured yes. that out by context. That's so. kind of what happened on the planet, basically. And, um, like, Fitz went there to get the dude he was gonna go rescue the dude that saved Gemma's life when she was there uh-huh. but he was already dead and being controlled by the alien and okay. then they killed that dude and the alien went into Ward who came back through the rift with Coulson and so Fitz. okay Fitz went back then Coulson and Ward went back to save Fitz 
No, Colson, uh, like, Colson got captured by Ward, and they went to go get the alien. They were like, we worship this being, we want to bring him to Earth and, like, you know, serve him. Or Interesting. Because Hail Hydra. And what happened to Ward that he looks dead? Did um, he die? He got, he got, Colson shot Colson, no, he crushed his chest with his robot hand. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, he was just like, no, I'm done with you. You're fucking dead now. And so he killed the shit out of him, but then ghost crappy stuff from Dark Matter World uh, infected him. So now he's he is the host of the thing that Hydra wanted. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Uh, okay. So now he's back, regaining strength, and we get a new metahuman or no they're not called metahumans here they're <laughs> inhuman. they're called inhumans here um lovingly referred to as yo-yo which i i thought that was the perfect call name for this character uh filler episode i feel but uh yeah kind of like a lot of um table setting i guess that's a, w- a good way of putting it yeah because uh we got to see the president uh, yeah. President says, worked out a deal with Coulson that, you know, keep doing what you're doing. We're going to ignore you and say that you don't exist, but keep doing what you're doing because we need you to do what you do because you do it well. Uh, and you're actually going to be in charge of the person who we're going to say is in charge. Of the other, like the of new the shield. Other, yeah, the uh, a- ATCU, or I may have the order of the letters wrong. But. Close enough. Um, So... We're we're watching the the reemergence of I guess a more powerful shield, hopefully. I think so. I hope so. Um, Coulson is getting closer and closer to like crossing that line for me. Like he he used to be the the solid moral dude. Like he, everything he does, he's doing it for the right reason, no question about it. And in like this episode specifically. There was a little wariness on that because... Yeah, it's a little more like, in the name of Rosalind! Yeah, yeah like shades of grayish, I'll, I'll say it. Um, and like, dude, you may... I know you loved her, but like, we didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't have that strong of attachment to that character. I, it, I don't know. Um, and What's going to happen with Ward? Like... I think he's, I know he hasn't done anything yet, but I think he's super scary. I think he is going to fuck shit up when he gets back to, he's menacing as shit. Yeah, he's unattractive. No, yeah. I mean, I never really, even when he was human, I'm like, didn't do it for me, but whatever. Now, super not. (laughs) (laughs) Super not. Super unattractive. I can't get this feeling that he's going to like eat Chairman Kaga. (laughs) (laughs) no 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 so i mean like i said it was it was sort of a filler episode we had some gun running or some gun stealing and you know the 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 person that was responsible for the theft of the guns from the military in a i don't know mexican town i really am not 100 percent sure where they went but all i know is they were speaking spanish um because the police force is crooked these People took it upon themselves to disarm them in a way and then dispose of the guns in the nearby river, which I didn't think was a good plan, but hey, They're whatever. They're not professionals. <laughs> whatever. And the, the 
in human, there, her power is to move. Okay, she, she moves at a very, very high speed for the distance of a heartbeat and then gets pulled back to her starting point. Yes. So however far she can get in one heartbeat, that's how fast she can move. And the power was used well. Because most it of the, really was. most really of the time cool. when you deal with a speedster, it's a bunch of wind, some whippy clothes, and everything happens just really fast. And this sort of did that, but it did it in bursts. Like she had to set everything up to happen. Like when she when she kicked the crap out of what's it, the big black dude, Mac. Mac, you know she she took him down easily because she took his gun and came back, and then opened the car and then came back. Then knocked him into the then, car. Yeah. <laughs> it came back. I mean, it was it was entertaining. I think they do that. It's it's good. It's good shows. It like that they're Inhumans team. They're you know the 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 secret warriors. Yeah, they're they're coming together nicely. I like the um, the spots that they're putting everybody in. Yeah, and I feel like the um, they encountered another Inhuman on the corrupt police force, a dude with the sunglasses who could like. Freeze oh, people, what it, petrify what it, them, or uh, something. Medusa. She called him Medusa, and I was um, like, "That's not Medusa." That really underscored the need for the Secret Warriors. Like, yeah, yeah. some of these people are going to be real fucking bad, and mm-hmm. we need people who can fight them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's always the way it's been in co- in the comic book lore. You know, we need the supers that are on the good side to protect us from the supers that are on the bad side. That's the only reason teams come together. That's the only reason why superheroes actually came to be. That's um, the only reason we're going to have a Captain America movie this this May. This is very true. <laughs> um, we discussed that on Paper Cuts, the greatest trailer I've ever seen in all Man, of my... it was good. It was a good trailer. And it was on TV, so we can let it go. Um, <laughs> I Oddly enough, I'm going to, you know break down the fourth wall a bit i did i did make comment that the only thing i didn't like about the appearance of spider-man in that trailer was that his eyes went squinty and i understand it in the comics i just didn't get it in the you know you don't have to do that you gave me small eyes that's great i just didn't like the fact that they went squinty and then mr matt much responded via text what the fuck is wrong with squinty eyes For, for those that don't know, Mr. Matt Mush is of the Asian descent, and I felt bad. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I was all right with the eyes squinting because they made the little robotic noise. It's like, all right, uh, it's Tony Tech. I'm gonna- I didn't I didn't see that. I, the first time I watched it was on my phone. Hmm. So it was tiny. I didn't see that. It was. I just saw the eyes get smaller. And then upon further review, 47 or 48 times, <laughs> yes, it's Tony Tech. And it's it's just good stuff. I like the I like okay, DC and Marvel are doing things very differently. They're both trying to succeed in both movies and television. DC I still feel has a little bit better of a foothold on the TV side. Uh, I'm not counting the Netflix stuff. Mm. Um, I was gonna say if you were, then I would disagree. But and I'm, not, no, because yeah, that's DC's totally takes it because Flash is incredible. Flash is incredible. Movie side, Marvel still has it, and I'm counting. The Netflix stuff as the movie side because the way they release Netflix and the way they shoot them, it's as if it's a 13-hour movie as opposed to the way a regular television show is shot where it's broken up episodically. You know what I'm saying? So 
the the difference between the two is that Marvel is connecting their universe as a whole, both television and movie, which I think is a very good idea because it engages those that watch just the television show to go see their movies or those that watch their movies to go see their television shows. DC, on the other hand, is doing the complete opposite where they're two different entities, which I think is a huge mistake. They're three different entities. I mean, the Supergirl only takes place in the TV universe mm-hmm. in a multiverse compa- capacity. Like well, they're not in the same world. They're, right. that's well, a I'm, I'm talking different. I'm talking world. like not necessarily the universe, like as in the multiverse. I'm like, it's two separate things. The twain shall never meet. Where in comic book Marvel side so- or movie side Marvel, there have been Tony Stark yet. can pop into an episode of Agents of Shield. We won't get Ben Affleck on the Arrow. It's not going to happen because they are two totally different things. We're getting a different Flash in the movie universe of DC, and I think that's a mistake because you, you're 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 cutting off a section of your your audience that's already there and rabid for the stuff. Unless they play into the whole multiverse thing, because we already have two Flashes. Jake Eric was the Flash of Earth too, like. They've done multiple flashes on the Flash, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's entirely it's, possible it's entirely that the whole movie versus and that would be the the simplest five second explanation that they could they could possibly make for it. Just be like, it's it's multiverse, you know? and, and I truly now hope DC that's what they do. Infinite capacity to do whatever they want and keep it within a level of continuity. And I and I, like I said, I truly hope that's what they do because that would be the the right thing to do. It's just silly to 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 separate them as much as. It seems that they're doing. Especially since, like, we just saw the guy who's going to play Flash in uh, Justice League in something else. Mm-hmm. And, like, no offense to him. He was all right. But, like, he's not Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin's amazing. Yeah. Give that kid more work. Get him on a movie screen. I do want to see a full musical episode of The Flash. I really do. Because they all can sing. it'll happen. I have a feeling it'll happen. I was kind of hoping it would be the one that... You know, Smith does because he would he would so get into a musical number, but I don't think they're letting him do that. <laughs> anyway, Shield. Ah, sorry, Shield. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, just comic book movies in ge- comic book in, in general. Shield is is it seems to be firing on all cylinders. Like it's doing the right thing for its medium. I have no complaints about it at all. I have a few. Go for it. <laughs> I have a few minor. Um, the epi- this episode started with a flash forward. Mm-hmm. God damn it, TV. Stop doing that. Cut oh, it the well, fuck out. That's TV. Can't blame S.H.I.E.L.D. for that. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, where was Agent May? She like, was showing I know she was, support. She was there. I know she was there. She didn't have anything to do, and I don't like that she's too awesome of a player to be on the bench. Like, well, I don't know what her role on this team is. Like, I know what Daisy's doing. I know what everybody under Daisy is doing. I know what the science guys are doing. I know what Colson is doing. What the fuck is May doing? She needs a job. Okay. Um, you I, do, I mean, last was it last season or earlier this season? May was a huge part of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure she will be. But what she was doing in the first half of the season is done. And she was going after Ward. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of, That'll come as far back. as they know, ended. I I get it. I just, I don't like to see her not have anything to do, even for one episode. <laughs> She's too awesome. Um, I feel like Lincoln is going to fuck something up. I don't trust that dude. I don't like him. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. speaking of relationships, I don't care at all about. Because in case you couldn't tell earlier, I was being incredibly sarcastic when I was talking about Hot Girl and the Atom. Because <laughs> uh, I don't buy them for a second. And the, another... It's, there is no spark between... Um, uh, what's her uh, Lance and Bobby and what 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 the hell's what is that guy's power he's like Lincoln, people or whatever oh, yes Lincoln like, and there's, Daisy there's oh. no spark there. there none of the relationships on that show have spark I don't know I, I bought May and uh what's his face dude from uh Andrew Andrew yeah I bought those two okay that was okay that was short lived but uh what's the other the the two normies the uh, Lance Lance <laughs> Oh, you're talking about a mockingbird and a, what's his face? Yeah, Hunter. 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 Oh, that's I like it. those two, but <laughs> I like them independently as characters. I think they're kind of cool. I don't see them as in a relationship. <laughs> Neither do they. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't that know. is what I like about it. They just they have this. I think there's I think there's some tension there. I I get those too. I, mm. I don't. I I buy them. Okay. Well, this leads it to my my ultimate complaint about this episode. Which I have written down here in all caps. <laughs> Fitzsimmons, stop it. Just kiss. And never stop kissing. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm so tired of that. I, I think they're, they need to be together. There's no reason for them not to be together. They both want to be together. They're just being dumb. And Come like on. They're, they're so getting to that point, but they only give them about 14 seconds per episode. <laughs> to deal with that. Right, exactly. It's like, okay, give them a good couple of minutes. Give them a really good scene, and then we'll all get some satisfaction and closure, move on from it, and then they'll be together, and they'll be totally awesome, and, like, we can just move on with our lives. See, that's the problem with an ensemble show. Like, Legends is not handling this properly. They're giving everybody, like, equal time, and if they don't deserve the same amount of time as another character, they're getting it. They're each getting their fucking seven and a half minutes per episode, whatever it breaks down to. This show, on the other hand, doesn't do that. It will, like, negate storylines for a couple of episodes because there's just not enough time. And I'm okay with that because the other parts of the story are getting their due. The story comes first. Yeah. And I can agree with that. I would just like for the story to some at some point include those two fucking getting together for, <laughs> for once and for all, goddammit. <laughs> Agreed. All right, I'll agree with that. I, I don't feel like it's necessary to fight. So there you go. Uh, that's our that's our little little spiel on the Marvel and apparently the DC side of things as well. Uh, Chris, you yes you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us individually on the Twitterverse. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at Shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Thank you, Chris. So, quick recap. Agent Carter... Yes. More. Oh, more Agent Carter. Season we- three. Six seasons in a movie. There you go. Shield. 
Yeah. I'm good with it. Legends, uh, I could give or take. It doesn't, like, I have, it's amazing how I have no feelings about the show. (laughs) Hey, at least you finally got the name right. Yeah, it's true. DC Legends of Yesterday. Um... What else did we talk about today? Uh, blind spot. Blind spot. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Despite the loss of John, John Hodgman, still watch this show. It's so freaking fun. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, Rogue. Yes. Rogue. Do it. Rogues. Rebels. 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 I knew it was something with an R. Star Wars. Rebels. Yes. Do it. That's it, right? We could. That's that's five. One, two, three, five. Yeah. So, so there you go, peeps. Uh, like you said, check us out on all the social medias. Drop us an email. Five stars on the the iTunes and the I don't know what they do on Stitcher if they do any sort of rating system on the Stitcher, but please, if it's there, give us something nice. So from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Rubber duckies make terrible life saving devices. Good night. Oh my god, I need a drink. <laughs> We've finally done it. We broke him. 33 years later, he's going to go have a beer. <laughs> I was tempted to actually comment upon the, what was that, Irish family? Oh, the Real O'Neills? Yeah. I watched another episode of that. It's not getting any better, so I'm not going <laughs> to waste any more time. Imagine my surprise. I really want to punch the mother. I guess that is your thing now, right? The ridiculousness. I guess. He just made it his thing. Self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. He has solidified it, it being his thing. And this concludes our broadcast day.